Hi, welcome back. In the last recording, I was talking about Kai Lenny, how he was everywhere. Within extreme sports, as in all kinds of different sports, as well as sports that are extreme. <laughs> and I was very impressed and I thought he's a perfect, uh, he's a perfect uh, new name, although he's not at all new for those who are within this circle. But we heard of Kelly Slater, Laird Hamilton and so forth. And I think to have Kai Lenny come in, uh, you know, right after Gary McNamara and you name it, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, he fully encapsulates the spirit. And when I say that, what I'm referring to is that he's actually Hawaiian. And currently Hawaii is in the news for fires. Not the best reason, but a tragic reason. And I'm very happy to see once again, how the surfing community comes together. And I know they're in the middle of tragedy. They're in the middle of all kinds of things and they're all doing their bit. Um, boots on the ground, uh, making sure things work out, you name it. Um, but all the time, I just look at it and I go, that's a very, very tight, tight group of people that understands each other through silence as well as words as well as behavior i recall once uh talking about names that we are hearing and that are calling for help and giving instructions and and manning situations led hamilton his wife gabby reese um gary mcnamara uh kelly slater if you look at their social media posts along with kai lenny you get to find all kinds of attention there. The episode reminded me of a time when there were fires. I believe it was California. And Led Hamilton just kept popping out of nowhere. And I think some people started to say, Led for president. Well, quite frankly, having people like Led or Kai or or Gary McNamara, you name it. Um, there's a sense of community that I think we're being reminded of. And I have no doubt that despite the fires, despite the tragedy, despite everything, they're going to be a great example of everyone coming back together. Now, as you know, when you look for something, you tend to find it. <laughs> um, here's an article that came out called Maui has been ravaged by fire. Surfers are leading recovery efforts. The words of Kay Lenny, Kai Lenny, it was like a flamethrower going through the town. Maui just endured the deadliest disaster in Hawaii's state history. Starting on Tuesday, a series of wildfires torched three Maui towns this past week, Kula, Kihei, and Lahaina the latter of which was almost completely razed. Through the cause of the flames remains unclear, though the cause of the flames remains unclear, dry vegetation combined with howling winds from Hurricane Dora, hundreds of miles southwest of Maui, turned a park into an inferno. It's a horrific tragedy and its scale is hard to comprehend. Our hearts go out to those impacted, Below, we've compiled information about the disaster and an incomplete list of ways 
your you for you support first responders and victims though most of the flames are contained or extinguished the, the town of lahaina the former hawaiian capital is still smoldering and resembles something you'd see in a war zone thousands of people have been displaced and are without electricity and a reliable source of food and water as of friday morning at least 80 people had died from the fires according to reports but that figure is expected to climb as first responders wade through the devastation kailani says it could be into the thousands recovery teams are using cadaver dogs to find missing people more than 30,000 people have been evacuated from the island on august 8 2023 my family lost the life that we spent over the last 30 years building disappearing in the wind-fueled flames. Lahaina resident Paris Doan wrote on her GoFundMe, I was born and raised in Lahaina right off of Front Street, and my family had multiple businesses on Front Street for over 30 years. So this tragedy has stripped us from the only life we've ever known. We were forced to leave our belongings, evacuate our home, and watch our home and family business burn into the ground with the rest of Front Street town. The Lahaina fire alone damaged or destroyed more than 2,200 homes and businesses and covered 2,170 acres, according to reports. Many boats in the town's harbor were also torched. The estimated cost of the damage is a whopping $5.52 billion, according to an assessment from the Pacific Disaster Center and FEMA on Saturday. Some people were forced to flee by swimming into the ocean. About 100 people sought refuge in the ocean. The United States Coast Guard rescued 17 people, including two children, between Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning. People were trapped in their cars. There was nothing, nowhere to go. Kailani said on Barton Lynch's pod, There was really no escape once it happened. It was basically like a flamethrower through the town because the winds were so strong. One minute you're standing there, the next it's a thousand degrees outside and there's flames whipping out of there. Some residents, Kai included, have criticized the local and federal government for failing to warn them of the, files and, uh, the fires until it was too late, blocking access for people attempting to give aid or leave town, and even withholding relief funding. There was no warning, Lynn Robinson told USA Today. There was absolutely none. Nobody came around. We didn't see a fire truck or anybody. Multiple reports confirmed the response from the Maui and greater Hawaiian community has been extraordinary. Kai said he's been dropping off food, water, and other supplies to Lahaina via jet ski because authorities are still blocking the roads. Matt Mayola and friends bought more than a thousand gallons of gasoline. You can Venmo them there. Ian Walsh's brothers, Sean and DK, some of the savviest Jaws water patrol around, are helping contain the flames with the Maui Fire Department. One of the few surviving structures on Maui's west side is the iconic banyan tree in Old Lahaina, which was given as a gift to the town in 1873. The tree, which is scorched but still standing, serves as a symbol of hope for the local people. Below is a list of several organizations and driven people helping local victims. There's no telling how long it will take Maui to recover from this but if you've been 
fortunate enough to visit the beautiful part of the world, or this beautiful part of the pulp, you can help get that recovery started. So after here, we have a, a list, and I would suggest I'll leave the info here. You can go find it. But Hawaiian Communities Foundation, Maui Strong Fund, Maui Food Bank, American Red Cross of Hawaii, Global Giving Hawaii, Wildfire Relief Fund, Maui Mutual Aid Fund, and on and on and on. There you are. So I hope that gives some color on what's happening on the ground. And the surfing community is actually doing a lot. Um, I also, um, well, I'm going to read actually what uh, was shared by uh, Kai Lenny. And it came out in CBS. Uh, Kai Lenny, a professional surfer and a Maui local, has stepped up in the aftermath of devastating wildfires as frustrations mount over what many residents believe in an inadequate, an inadequate government response. He is leading one of many citizen-run recovery efforts on the island, saying people in the fire zone have told them they haven't seen a government employee in days. He told to CBS News that some of us were kind of sitting back, waiting for help to arrive, and then nothing was sort of happening. We're just in shock, he said. People contacted Lenny, citing a lack of help in their areas. He said he received texts and messages from friends asking if he could help, which led to his boots-on-the-ground effort, bringing supplies to those in need with the goal of holding friends and family over until the caravan arrives with everything. And it was just like, day after day, where are they, he said. I haven't seen one state, one country, one federal official at any one of the donation hubs where people are most suffering, he said. People are sleeping in their cars. People are asking for specific items now. Lenny likened the west side of Maui to a third world country and said locals there say no one has come to help them. The Hawaiian people, the locals that have lived there, they just have always feel like they're the last to be thought of. And they're like the foundation of it, he said. The confirmed death toll rose to 99 on Monday, as more than a thousand people remained unaccounted for, local officials said. FEMA says they have 300 employees on the ground, while the Red Cross has 250 disaster workers. CBS News has reached out to FEMA, Maui contact officials and Hawaii Governor Josh Brown Green there you go, for comment on Lenny's concerns, but did not immediately receive a response. Lenny said volunteers, some of whom lost their own homes and loved ones, have worked day and night at shelters and distribution centers. I wonder if the state, county, they believe we're doing such a good job. They don't need to step in, he said. But a lot of these volunteers have been going all day, all night, for five, six days now, and are exhausted and are waiting for a handoff or at least a break. Kai Lenny. There's a chap. Now, if you ever click on it, you'll see um, there's images of him speaking on on, uh, on CBS. And here's another note he put out. Um, I think he put this out on his own social media, um, which came out in Beach Grit. They uh, took it and reposted it. Daring Hawaiian surfer Kai Lenny savages government response to absolute tragedy in Maui as bureaucrats block urgent deliveries of life-saving medicine. Did you ever think you would have to illegally smuggle supplies to help people in need? Well, 
That's the case of many people around the world, uh, tragically. It's just one would not expect this in Hawaii. The big wave surfer, those were my words, uh, back to the article from beachgrit.com. The big wave surfer, Kai Lenny, the boy with the mild defenseless eyes of a lamb flung down between the hyenas and the tigers of the world, has mobilized his over 1 million followers after supplies of insulin to fire-ravaged Maui were blocked by government bureaucrats. Something big is happening right now, said Lenny in a piece to camera. We're trying to get insulin flown in from Kona, but our flights are being blocked by the Department of Health. A lot of people need their medical needs met. People are suffering. We have no support. The strikingly uniquely Maui native whom no woman or man can resist spoke about government. Count County... Th Sorry, something popped up here. County through state and federal hindering efforts to get medicines on the island, including stopping jet ski and boat deliveries. The absurd bureaucratic red tape alongside a lack of governmental support drew sharp from Lenny's followers. My thoughts are with you guys. Biden disgusts me. He can send billions to Ukraine and to prolong that war, and the Maui Islanders are struggling to get supplies and be blocked by red tape. Stop voting for and believing in Democrats, Hawaii, case in poi, Kailani puts it down perfectly here, and so on. Um, so basically they go on then to just trash the government and um, refer to it as the power of the people. Well, you know, they're sitting on it and they're making comparisons with George Bush at the time of Louisiana. And... Um, it's, um, I think what's the press picked up this, but another thing is uh, Kailani is also putting out notes like, thank you for everyone for sharing. It made all the difference. The Department of Health has cleared the flight to come to Maui. That's it, so matter solved. Spoke to the Coast Guard and there will be continuous access to West Maui for dropping off supplies. Mala is still off limits from drops. Uh, that's, there you go. Uh, the power of influencers, uh, in this case, turns out to be a great, great guy. Um, I found also an article that talks about wildfires and specifically the case of uh, Hawaii. So this came through to me via the Washington Post. So this article, which was in the Washington Post, um, issued August 10th, called Why Hawaii's Wildfires Are So Devastating and Predictable. The ecological ravages of Hawaii over time have left behind non-additive grasses that serve as fuel for blazes. Some experts say the islands have yet to fully prepare. This article was authored by Scott Dance and Kate Selig, and you can find it August 10th in the Washington Post. Here comes the article. After winds from a 2018 hurricane helped fuel wildfires in Hawaii, researchers poured over scientific literature for examples of similar disasters. They found only two. Now wildfires fanned by winds connected to a hurricane have torched Hawaiian communities for a second time in five years. At least 55 people are dead. That's a few days ago. Uh, that was the count a few days ago. In this fire outbreak, and the historic town of Lahaina has been all but leveled. Scientists and wildfire activists say a conference of factors heightens fire risks in the Aloha, 
state and could trigger some more disasters if action isn't urgently taken. The factors include the spread of flammable nonative grasses across abandoned farm fields and a failure to manage the vegetation and harden communities against fire. In addition, changes in the climate are fueling stronger hurricanes and may be contributing to drier conditions in Hawaii. Elizabeth Pickett, a co-executive director of the Hawaii Wildfire Management Organization, said that although this week's fires caught many off guard, they should not have been surprised given all of those conditions. Despite its association with rainforests and waterfalls, Hawaii is a place that burns and is becoming more so. We haven't all adjusted, but it's predictable, Pickett said. Fires began spreading on Maui, Oahu and the Big Island on Tuesday as the National Weather Service issued red flag warnings. Much of the state has been experiencing months of drought and the conditions were considered severe in parts of Maui around Lahaina. That meant that whatever sparked the fires lit up dried out vegetation quickly and the flames had strong winds to push them forward. Communities, in some cases, sending residents fleeing into the ocean for safety. Strong winds are common in Hawaii, even during typical summer weather often gusting up to 40 miles per hour. But the breezes buffeting the islands and fanning the flames this week were severe as gusts reached 82 miles per hour on the Big Island and Oahu and 67 miles per hour on Maui, according to weather service data. Some Hawaii officials acknowledged Wednesday that the severity of the fire conditions caught the state by surprise. We never anticipated in the state that a hurricane which did not make impact on our islands would, call this type, would cause this type of wildfire, said Lieutenant Governor Sylvia Luke, who served as acting governor while government, Governor Josh Green was away and preparing to return to Hawaii. The winds, at least partly, were the product of a dramatic difference in air pressure between an area of high pressure over the North Pacific and the intense low pressure at the center of Hurricane Dora, which passed hundreds of miles south of the Hawaiian Islands on Tuesday. The greater the difference in pressure, the stronger the winds. Some meteorologists have expressed doubt about the role Dora could have played from so far away suggesting that the high-pressure system alone was enough to provide a strong fan for the flames. Alison Nugent, a University of Hawaii meteorologist, who led the study of the 2018 hurricane and fires, said that even without Dora's influence, the effect of normal winds dry and racing down Hawaii's mountain slopes could have been enough to make flames rage. But she said Dora probably contributed to the intensity of the winds to some degree. Similar scenarios occurred in the two examples the researchers found. In 2007, an early season tropical system fanned existing fires in Florida and Georgia. A decade later, fires across Portugal and Spain killed more than 30 people as a hurricane passed well offshore. Nugent said it is safe to suspect future hurricanes, which rarely hit Hawaii directly but often skirt it, could cause more damage. In the f if in the future we have stronger storms, then we could expect stronger winds, she said. At the same time, some trends suggest that drought conditions will continue to coincide with hurricanes. The summer is both Hawaii's dry season and hurricane season. While there is not a clear link between human-caused climate change and drought in Hawaii, 
The overall trend in the region is declining precipitation and increasing numbers of consecutive dry days. Research has found that from 1920 to 2012, more than 90% of the state experienced drying trends and that no wet season has delivered above normal precipitation since 2006. Instead, there have been 10 drier than normal wet seasons in that span. Scientists say there is no smoking gun linking climate change to those trends. Hawaii precipitation levels have been more closely linked to broader climate patterns such as El Nino, which developed in June and is known for bringing dry conditions to the islands. Whether climate change may be affecting the frequency or the duration of El Nino is an open question for researchers. The last major El Nino occurred in 2015 and 2016, spurring major weather disasters around the world. Climate forecasters say there is a 50% chance that the current El Nino episode becomes strong or very strong. This year, the wet season brought below normal precipitation to Hawaii, meaning that conditions already were unusually dry going into the summer, said Ian Morrison, a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Honolulu. As the landscape dried out, it intensified the fire threat posed by a Hawaii invader, nullative fire-prone grasses that have spread in the island. As in much of Hawaii, native vegetation in Maui was replaced by plantations carved out for sugarcane and pineapple growing and for cattle grazing. In recent decades, those farming activities have been declining. Nugent's research found that before Hurricane Lane hit in 2018, Hawaii had experienced more than a 60% decline in the agricultural use of land previously devoted to farming and ranching. Much of that cleared and abandoned land became covered with vegetation such as guinea grass and fountain grass, which were introduced to the islands to cover pasture as in ornamental plants. Both pieces are adapted to thrive after fire. When they burn, what is known as the grass fire cycle is accelerated. In the wake of a fire, the invasive grasses bounce back most easily, crowding out the regrowth of native species and creating more fuel for the next blaze. It's like throwing a ton of weeds in your backyard and then planting a couple of really fragile plants, said Lisa Ellsworth, an associate professor of fire ecology at Oregon State University, who has studied the invasive grasses in Hawaii. It's a self-perpetuating cycle of more invasive grasses and more wildfire. Nonative fire-prone grass and shrublands accounted for more than 85% of the area burned during the hurricane lane induced fires in 2018, researchers found. The fire management group estimates that such plants now cover about a quarter of Hawaii. This vegetation often runs up against populated areas with valuable real estate and little in the way of fire prevention strategy, such as defensible spaces around homes. Pickett said significant investments and new policies are needed for those communities to catch up with the fire risks they face. Beyond the death and damage caused when those fires spread into communities, their effects on Hawaii's landscape is lasting. Unlike in the western United States, where moderate blazes can improve the health of forests, Hawaii's ecosystems are not adapted to coexist with wildfire, said Melissa Chimera, the coordinator of the Hawaii Wildfire, Man wildfire Management Organization Pacific Fire Exchange Project. Native flora that are burned do not regrow but are replaced by invasive plants. One fire in 2007 
burn nearly all of the yellow hibiscus. Hawaii state flower, on Oahu according, on Oahu according to the Pacific Fire Exchange. Eventual rains also can wash debris into the oceans and smother corals and ruin seawater quality. In terms of the ecology of the area, there is no upside to fire, Chimera said. There absolutely isn't. So this was authored by Scott Dance. Well, all in all, I um, I wanted to share the issue of the fires in Hawaii. I wanted to embrace and celebrate the uh, incredible group within the surfing community. And they're doing incredible work using their own channels within social media usually and their skills. And I think they're doing a great job from the point of view of the community. And uh, I hope that they will not be forgotten for their work and I hope that they will be celebrated in their own local way. Till the next recording, look out and follow for the news in Hawaii of what's going on. Uh, keep an eye on it. There have been many fires around the planet or on the planet around the world lately. Uh, not only because it's the season, but because of several other levels, uh, other uh, parameters. And uh, Hawaii is um, getting a lot of attention and shouldn't minimize the others, but do follow what's happening in Hawaii. I think it's important. Thank you very much for listening. This was the Ocean Matters Podcast.